Hey. Hey. <laughs> Should I turn on the REM pod? Okay. Let's try it again. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Just yelling ah. at me. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I don't know <laughs> what happened to it. It just wanted to sing a little jingle. The temperature thing was what was going crazy. So I don't know if it was just because I was around it. I don't know. Now I feel like we have a broken one. Now it's making me question all the times it's gone off. <laughs> well, every time we turn it on, it does crazy things. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe it shouldn't sometimes. Because you have to zero it out. Is it zeroed out now or did you just turn yeah. it off because it wasn't It's working? zeroed out. Okay. Okay. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. I got this, Corinne. Mm -hmm. So my life right now is a little bit like the Cheesecake Factory menu. I feel like you've promised yourself and me that you would live in London. So I'm trying to hold you to it this year. Well, I'm trying to hold myself to it too. But truly, the avenues upon which I could venture down are aplenty. The choices I could make are endless. Endless. And I prefer a menu with one option. The menu, I'm giving it to you. The UK, London. I know. So, okay. This is, <laughs> a, well, this is why I'm wearing it. I, I understand that I am an indecisive person and that I have a lot of things going on in my life that are making it hard for me to make decisions. So in an effort to persuade myself, because it's something that I've talked about for years. 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 I've bought this sweatshirt from... Abercrombie and Fitch because it's so comfortable. And <laughs> my dad and his wife had a baby and they live in Lithuania and they want to see us over the summer. So I was like, oh, like what if I spend the whole summer in the UK? I have a book that I want to write. I have a couple things that I want to work on. You and I can record from anywhere. We can figure it out. Yeah. And I found this like adorable Airbnb that I sent you, Corinne. Hold up. You told me that by the new year, you would have booked the Airbnb or planned your Listen, tentative dates. That's what you told me. My Ritalin had just hit and I was really <laughs> feeling myself. Because <laughs> it's January 3rd when we're recording this. And what are the dates, Sabrina? <laughs> when are you leaving? Well, the I have to figure out when Noemi's birthday celebration is because her birthday is May 24th. We're going to do a birthday yes. celebration. That is the last thing that I have before the summer, technically. So I could leave after her birthday from the East Coast to the UK. This is so exciting. So send me your recommendations for small towns right outside of London because I really want to stay like, I want to continue my cottage lifestyle. It's very yeah. befitting of me. Becoming a What me? about a castle? Would you accept a castle? Would love. I fully accept. There are apartments in the Tower of London. I wonder if there's... I think you have to be a beefeater to live there. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe there's one that has a view of it. Are there any beef eaters looking to adopt a daughter who's 30 years old? <laughs> I feel like we have a lot of UK listeners, so maybe now is a good time to ask. What are the websites people use to find apartments and short-term rentals? Yes. Because what we think people use might be very different than what yeah, please is help. norm over there. Help so me. help Sabrina find a place. <laughs> yeah. One month, two months, three months? Well, I don't have anything else until beginning of September. So I would probably stay beginning of June to beginning of September. Perfect. That sounds great. 
Oh, what a life you'll live. This will be so exciting. I feel like you're going to become the raven girl. Like you're just going to have a flock of ravens that That's follow you around. Dream. Like spooky, gloomy London. You're going to make the news. <laughs> That's how people will know you're there. <laughs> find the girl with the ravens or she'll find you. <laughs> American moves to UK, becomes obsessed with ravens. And crows. I, I'm currently obsessed with crows. I'm open to ravens. Don't know them yet. Haven't been able to form an opinion. They're kind of hard to find. They're not as plentiful as the, I almost said as the cows, as the crows. (laughs) Um, Okay. So just a couple of updates for the year. Happy 2024, everyone. This is now the third episode of the year, but it's the first episode Corinne and I are recording in 2024. So, hey, Corinne, happy new year. I love you. Happy new year. I love you. And we have some updates. Patreon. We have one tier now. We kind of did a whole Patreon refresh. We wanted to give all of you as much as possible for as little as possible. So for $5 a month, you get access to all episodes a week early, ad-free, both video and audio. You get one bonus episode every month. You get live streams. Which is a full-length episode. It's like our normal podcast. It's not some special one-off thing. It is just an episode of our podcast that only exists on Patreon. Yeah. You get bonus live streams. You get to chat with us directly. We have book club, campfire stories every Tuesday for $5 a month. That's it. That is it. Yeah. You get all of it. There's one tier. We're just making it simple and we're really excited. And then we can bring everyone together because we have a really big community and everyone is so friendly and kind and mm-hmm. loves each other. And so we're like, why do we have all these like separate groups? Let's just bring everyone together because that's, I think people know each other. They want to be together. Yeah. And it just seemed to make the most sense. We are one. And also for book club, just for everyone to know, the next book club will be in a couple months. So if you join Patreon, you're plenty ahead right now. But we're reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. And I had dreams about fairies last night because I was reading it. Were they sexy dreams? No, no, no. I haven't reached the sexy part yet. I'm like, I'm in chapter five. So I was just introduced to the fae. Mm -hmm. But no, my dream... I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was weird, but kind of fun and hard to process. But basically, I had a break into a laboratory in Mexico. And whoa, <laughs> international. I did it successfully. My mother helped me. Thanks, mom. <laughs> wow, Aurora, look at you. If anyone were she to break in somewhere, it would for sure be my mother. And then there was like this weird after hours thing where people shrunk themselves down and they had to go into a fish tank to compete and there were fae in there. And if you caught the fae in the fish tank, you got extra points. And then at the end, I don't even know who won or how it was like, I think like you wanted to win and you would be graduated to a higher power level. I don't know. Should you start writing sci-fi? Because I feel like this sounds incredible. Okay, sure. This kind of sounds like an episode of The Mandalorian, but make it fey. I think it might have been it influenced a little cool. bit by I watched the new Hunger Games movie. Oh, is it good? I I haven't watched it. Everyone is talking about it, but I just feel like I'm gonna have a negative reaction because I feel some sort of attachment to the original cast and the book series. It's different enough that I actually like I really did like it. I didn't read the book and I heard that people who read the book were like, oh, it didn't really get everything, which obviously that's hard to do, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had a fun time. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I don't know. I just started Reacher, which if anyone has watched Jack Ryan, it's very in the same vein. 
Oh, so I it's kind of like, it. you know, ex-military goes and Ooh. is like private investigator and beating people up sort of show. You I like those shows. <laughs> need to watch Murder at the End of the World. Oh, yes. You told me that. You said you stayed up until like 2 a.m. I truly it? like canceled my workout and stayed up till 3 a.m. watching it because it was so good. I was like, oh, I'm going to put something on to fall asleep to. It's Britt Marling, same woman who wrote OA. She's in it. Oh, it is incredible. Just give her a whole network. Why are we just giving her individual shows every few years? Give that woman a whole network because I freaking love all of the stuff she does. And by all of the stuff, I've only seen the OA, but it sounds like her next project's awesome. You would like it a lot. And I think that what I like is that I think it's a limited series. And I really like that she is creating like good pieces of work rather than just like creating mm. to create and get a paycheck, you know? Well, I'll watch that probably very shortly because after being, we almost were like kicked out of our own house for the holidays for like two weeks because of our ongoing home projects. And like yep. when your floors get refinished, you can't walk on them, whatever. So we were with both of our families for a very long amount of time. And so I told Brian earlier, I said, I need alone time. <laughs> we also live together. So I'm just going to be like busying myself for the next few days and like putzing around and doing things. But I need to just be able to do whatever I want. <laughs> so I was like, if you want to join me in what I plan, that's fine. But I'm not taking suggestions <laughs> for other activities. I love that. So I'll watch it. That sounds like something I would like. I'm really proud of you for taking care of yourself and putting yourself first, Corinne. My middle name is Boundaries. Yeah. So. <laughs> My invisible middle name is Boundaries, and it's invisible because my <laughs> ability to have boundaries don't exist. Oh, uh, man. Let's take a step back here. I say my middle name is Boundaries, but I also lack certain self-preservation when it comes to social settings. And so maybe I set boundaries well because I – or I think I do because I don't have as strong of a filter as maybe I should. So there's also that side, whereas maybe you're thinking more about how people are going to like perceive you and the situation and you're reading the room better maybe than I am, who just is like, I don't care. This is how I feel. I'm going to bulldoze into this moment and express myself. I think the lesson here is that no one's perfect and I admire you and I'm glad that I have a friend like you in my life because I don't want people who are just like me in my life and you teach me a lot and help me grow and give me things to aspire to be. So thank you, Corinne. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Sabrina. I mean, I think that's what's Back really special you. about our friendship. I just love you. Our friendship. And maybe Ghost is like the perfect combo of the two of us. Maybe Ooh. Ghost is our baby. <gasps> We'd have a cute baby. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> We're big fans. <laughs> we love so many things about you that we love about ourselves. Well, speaking about loving ourselves, we last year in an Encounters episode. Oh, that's Leia. Leia caused that. Okay. <laughs> Leia! Ghost cat. Well, Leia gets the chair now. Rem Pod gets the bookshelf. <laughs> Go on. That's yours. Please. Everything is yours. Last year, we were talking about a paper that you had written in high school that was, or middle school or something that was so incredible. And then we got the idea to- I know you- you made me think about it a lot. And I was like, maybe I will write this into an actual book. It's I like love a fun it. project to do. I re-listened to that episode yesterday and I was like, oh my God, you actually really need to. I really liked it. But we had the idea to find old journals, old pieces of writing while we were home for the holidays. And yeah. 
You found one, didn't you? I found a couple. You had the suggestion, well, maybe should I read it on the next episode or should I read it just like on Patreon or something? Because here's the thing. I am like an anti-hoarder. I go through my stuff almost every single time I'm home. And so because of that, I have almost no belongings left, like relics of childhood writing. Could not find that paper. My mom was like, oh, I remember that paper. My dad was involved. We were rummaging through bins. Could not find anything. But I'll give a little little teaser. Oh, I found my first grade journal that we kept in school. And so we would have to like each week you you would have like a writing prompt or whatever. So I found the journal. So I only have, you know, a small amount of writing because I was in first grade. But then we found a newspaper clipping that I think my dad had found it. Oh, yeah, he did. Remember I said that one of my friends, when she had slept over in elementary school or middle school, she woke up hearing people talking outside yeah. of my door. Well, it's in the newspaper. Many years later, when she was in high school, she wrote about her haunted sleepover at my house and it made the newspaper. My parents saw it and they cut it out and saved it. Stop. So I have a newspaper clipping written by someone else and I have my first screen journal and that's it. That's amazing. Oh my God, I cannot wait. <laughs> I have, okay. These are the goodies. This is my collection that I found. Oh, that's a good amount of stuff. But my teaser is going to be my headshots from... (laughs) Sabrina. Oh, look at how cute. And then... Wait, I didn't realize you had actual headshots done when you were little. You have to frame these. Do I look the same? These are so good. They're silly. Look at my big gap tooth. (laughs) I like the gap. You look more like your mom with the gap. That's so funny. I look like a baby. I'm so small in these. So were you auditioning in like New York City or something? No. Oh my gosh. No. This was like I did a theater camp and oh, as part <laughs> of it, they did headshots. I thought we were uncovering some like extra hidden no. acting side that we'd never heard about no, with no, you. No. <laughs> no. That was, I think, when I played La Fina and all I did was laugh. Oh, La Fina. We remember her. And then I do have like my journal that we wrote. So in a play, we did Prince and the Popper at, I think it was like the red, the little red schoolhouse playhouse, something like that. We like created a journal and in like backstage, people like wrote in it. And so not all of these are mine, but I believe I started it. Oh, I wrote a poem and it's signed Sabrina. P.S. I suck at poems. <laughs> Oh my God, this is disturbing. Oh, how do, do you want to read it? No. Well, <laughs> we'll read it eventually on a different episode. Now roses are yellow because you peed. <laughs> is this poem directed at someone? I think so. Hmm. Ew. Okay, this is like, I'm concerned. I n- might need to read this to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually you guys will get all the readings. And the disturbed passages from our minds. I do have a paper or two, too, that I could read. I cannot wait. (laughs) See the burger. Oh, do you have your old monologues? Remember you used to write monologues and I like did them in college. I do. In acting class. I do have those. 
We should find the one that you gave me. That, that I'm I... never having sex again, that one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was freshman year and I was in the, it was like the voice class, remember? Where mm-hmm. the woman, the teacher, she like kind of spoke with almost a British accent, but she was from America. <laughs> yes. She like recorded you in the beginning and in the end to see how your voice changed over the semester. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like mine didn't. <laughs> mine, mine did not either. Like, what? What's one hour a week going to do? No, nothing. We would have had to fake get, having accents to really succeed in that class, I think. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm getting old, so I'm going to read my research off of my phone because I need much bigger font today. Are you turning it sideways, too? I'm turning it sideways so I can really zoom in. <sighs> my Love God, it. I need glasses, but I refuse. Okay, so I picked, I feel like I didn't even pick this. This topic came up in Campfire Stories. Jess or Jessica, she had told us about this really haunted road in Massachusetts. And then it felt so serendipitous because then a couple weeks or a couple months later, there was someone like a contractor at my house and he was talking about how his mom and I think him, like I think his childhood home was right by this road, which is Mm. called Dudley Road. And so I literally wrote like have to cover Dudley Road and also tell the story about the contractor. I don't remember what the story was. I remember he said his house was active. His mom had a lot of experiences. And when he was in high school, they would go to the road, like the teenage thing, and try to experience things. But I cannot remember any details of what actually happened. I remember we were in Seattle and you told me one story from one of your contractors and you're like, well, I can't tell you the other one because I'm going to tell you on the podcast. I don't remember the one that I didn't repeat. The one that I told you was that he and his wife had recently suffered a pregnancy loss and that he then went to a psychic not for that, but just like out of curiosity and something for fun, like he and a couple friends did it. And the psychic basically already somehow knew everything that had happened and had told him that they were pregnant again actively with a little girl. And they did not know at the time that they were pregnant. And then fast forward a few months and they had a little girl. That's really So that's the one I told you, but I don't remember the one about Dudley Road. Well, yeah, I got to find that contractor again and be like, hey, buddy, I need your story again. Yeah. Oops. My bad. This is why you write down everything in your journals. And we, Two Girls, One Gun- Ghost, serves as your, the, everyone who's listening, your journal. Yeah. Well, I've started doing it in the notes of my phone, but it's been so unhelpful because I don't write good notes. I'll write contractor, Dudley Road, ghost, mom haunting. Like, I'll be like, oh, I'll remember exactly what that means. Oh, no. man. Despite it being just a few months ago, I don't remember anything that man told me. So we're going to experience all that we learned about Dudley Road together because it's basically (laughs) like it's my first time hearing about it as well. Great. All we're good. Okay. So Dudley Road, it's in Billerica, Massachusetts. I've never been to Billerica, but I certainly walked Dudley Road on Google Earth. And on my virtual journey down the road, the road isn't very long either, but it's Super beautiful. Like I was looking at it and I was like, oh, Sabrina, we would have, this is like the perfect road for you and I to just like walk on and oh. come up with ideas. And it's so beautiful. There's like part of the, the majority of the road is kind of like an old dirt road, gravel, like old pavement sort of thing. 
and there's a canopy of like overgrown old trees. There's a graveyard at the top of the road, and there's these oh. old colonial houses. There's horse farms and other farms. It's oh, it was so beautiful. So many houses have the rock walls too. Tell me, people travel back in time on this road. Oh, I wish. <laughs> No, oh. it's not as exciting as that. <laughs> Maybe if we went, we would. I don't know what we'd be really traveling back to, though. I don't think much was going on for a long time. Yeah. It's rural-ish as a road. Okay. But there's hiking trails. There's a quaint little stream. And then as the road gets to the newer section, it turns into a still pretty narrow, like double yellow two-lane road. And then there's some neighborhoods and whatnot. But smack dab in the middle, before it turns into that two-lane road, there is – it's like – I keep wanting to call it a convent. It's not a convent. It's the St. Fecla's Retreat Center run by the Daughters of St. Paul. But when you look at it online, it looks exactly like a convent. There's a church. There's a whole entire convent-looking place. It looks like that. I don't know if it ever operated more as a nunnery. Hmm. But apparently now, businesses can take retreats there, which actually sounds really lovely because it's so quiet there. Hmm. Oh, and when I was looking on Google Earth, people definitely ride their horses down this road because you could see little horse hoof prints in the mud alongside cool. the road. I was like, oh, this is so quaint. You, I love Corinne, road. while I've been saying I need to go live in London for so long, you, I feel like, crave the wilderness and a cottage in the woods. I'm partially there. Yeah. I do crave the wilderness. I just really vibe with New England and its quaintness. Yeah. And I live here permanently. And Brian and I did our compromise where we are close to civilization. But if I drive five minutes, I don't see humans. So <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. It's great. So this place just apparently just has company retreats. But I am curious if this place and its existing here on Dudley Road has anything to do with the legends surrounding Dudley Road because they're a bunch and they all involve hauntings and the majority of them involve nuns. Haunted nuns. Oh. Crazy. Okay, so one of the legends states that a nun was walking. This is actually very sad. She was walking home from the convent one night and she got a little bit turned around and she was lost. And there's also like no streetlights on this road. It's so dark. Yeah. And when this was taking place, I'm sure there were also no streetlights back in the day. And so she was walking alongside the road and a car came up. And this is a very narrow road. And so this person must have been speeding or just like didn't see her in her all black habit and hit her, struck her. Oh, her no. body was flung into the tree line and like a giant tree that was right there. She hit it and basically like on impact within a second, I'm, she was ugh. dead. So she didn't suffer at all, which is good because she basically died upon impact. But it's really, really horrific that that yeah, happened. Jeez. And so because she died so quickly and because it was a, this sudden tragic death, it's thought that she's still very confused about what happened and is still a little bit lost and trying to find her way home to the convent because people have spotted her, her astral form, her soul, her ghost. And she is hanging out oftentimes underneath that tree, which is very sad that like the yeah. place that she lost her life is where she's spending most of her time. And then she'll also wander around on the road and flag people down. So people have pulled over for her, like for a nun, 
in the middle of Dudley Road. That makes me sad. I don't know. It's like, I wish it was just a residual haunting, but the activeness of trying to flag people down, I'm curious. I don't think she's ever gotten in the car with anyone. Like, she's not a hitchhiking ghost. She asks for directions back to the convent. I wonder if she's also trying to get people to slow down. Maybe. Maybe. It's also said, and I saw like one photo online and I was like, maybe this is just an optical illusion or like our faces trying to make patterns of something that naturally occurs. But people say that if you go and you, if you know where you're going and you know where she died and you take a picture of that tree in the picture, oftentimes people will capture what looks like a human face, like in the bark of the tree. Oh. Which reminds me of Jean Lafitte's blacksmith shop bar. And the face in the fireplace a little bit. There's also, what is that school? I think you covered it, but there's like a stain in the paint of a face. Yes. My God, I don't know. So many buildings on that college were haunted. Yeah. I can't remember what it is, but yeah. Or even you covered the uh, memory in Hawaii. Pe- Pele? Oh, in the volcanoes? Yeah. Yeah. In the lava. So it's hard to know like what's real and what's just our, our brains our brains making pattern recognition but it's very sad that this woman if it's true as the legend goes that she lost her life and is now wandering around there's another legend involving a nun and dudley road also let me back up there's no record of there actually being a convent here so wait (laughs) but all of the theories are around nuns and what people think is the convent now is just simply a retreat run by a religious group Whoa. So where did the nuns come from? (laughs) There must be some, either there's objects in this retreat house that are haunted or. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Interesting theory. Or there's records that are missing of like something that happened in that area with nuns. I don't know. Right. Because it's so bizarre that almost all of these theories surround nuns. And like people are seeing nuns. It's not just like a rumor. You know, there's a lot of people who encounter the paranormal and i believe people when they say that they saw something yeah huh hmm. well there's another nun and apparently this nun she had an affair with a priest and I, i'm pretty sure we heard about this i feel like people have emailed us about this specific one, because when I read about this, I started to panic and I was like, have we ever covered Dudley Road? And I think it's because other people have talked about this, but there's a legend from Dudley Road that there was a nun who had an affair with a priest and their relationship, it resulted in a pregnancy. And she was very distraught. She was very ashamed because everything that was how she was raised and what she chose to do as a nun, uh, this went against that. And so she had crippling embarrassment and self-hatred in this moment. And so she decided to end feeling that way and end her life by going outside to this tree. And she hanged herself on the tree and it resulted in her death. The same tree? I think it's a different tree. Oh, okay. I mean, we've definitely heard that type of story many times before. I think also, if you look back at history, a lot of women were sent to be nuns if they were deemed like misbehaved women. Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot of backstory of like women who became nuns were not necessarily like women who wanted to live that lifestyle, but were sent to go live that lifestyle as a, a yeah. form of like exile or punishment. Did you ever go to a nunnery? Did you ever go to a monastery? Like was I sent to one? 
to become a nun? Well, no, no. Like we had a field <laughs> trip in CCD where oh. they drove us in a bus like two hours to go see a monastery. No, no. But I definitely think in a past life, I would have been one of those women who was sent there. <laughs> Actually, if Ooh. I lived my current life, I for sure would have been. <laughs> All of us would be, I think. We're sinners. Oh, this made me think of, this is a side tangent, but I just watched the new Indiana Jones movie that came out last oh. year. It was really good. Okay. But there's an element of like say, how does time it... and time travel in this oh, okay. movie. Okay. So it was super interesting. That's what made me think of it. Oh, I was like, where's the connection? But now I'm here. Okay. I got it. Okay. So this woman, she died and her spirit still remains by this tree, which makes me so sad because everything she did, it was to try to stop the suffering she was feeling in her life, but it just continued on in the afterlife. And she's often seen hanging out like in this field surrounding this tree right by where the nunnery or the monastery supposedly was. Mm. And also trees, which this is such a weird way to say it. I was like, trees are a hot spot on Dudley Road. The whole place is covered in forest. So it makes sense that there's always a tree nearby. But I, You know what I do like though is that like the trees hold the memory. Like it's almost like – yeah. What if there's just so much energy coming from the trees that it's not actually the active spirit, but it's like the embodiment of that energy given off by the trees? I feel like that's like a very woo-woo statement, but I'm just trying to come up with a way that it's not as sad. You're attaching residual a residual haunting to a tree. Yeah. But it is interesting. What if trees dream (laughs) and sometimes we can visibly see the trees' dreams? And it was a very traumatic experience for the trees to see what they saw. And so we're actually watching them have nightmares. I love that. And I feel like that is going – we should put that in our sci-fi book. Okay. The trees dream. it, which means, Sabrina, you need to remember because I'm not going to remember. Okay. I'll remember that one. That's a fascinating theory. When trees dream, moving away from the nuns for a second – on Dudley Road, also next to a tree, there's this man who looks like he's kind of in farmer or like old agricultural gear. Mm-hmm. And no one knows who he is or why he's there or what his intentions are. But he'll stand there and he's on the road basically next to a tree and he's like facing the road and people will pass by him and you can never see his face. So the rest of him will be completely clear. Like people's high beams on their car will be on him. And no matter how illuminated he is, he looks completely solid and detailed, but his face remains covered and shadowed. Interesting. Which part of me was like, did he have sort of like a traumatic death? Because sometimes we hear that people don't show their faces if they suffered something gruesome. And if he worked on the farm, you can only imagine how much like different farm equipment and stuff. There's a lot of accidents that could happen. Hmm. But then I was also wondering if maybe his face being covered and never shown is a way to represent like the shame he has about who he is and what he did in his life. You're going sad and dark today. (laughs) Inspired by your journals that we haven't read yet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, and this is another very dark thing that happened. Well, quote unquote happened for everything in this episode, because again, it's legend. But there is also a legend that an inmate escaped from a mental facility and ran into the forest. And in traversing the forest, all the captors were left in the dust. And this person, this escapee, this prisoner, 
he came across the monastery in his journey through the woods and he entered it and instead of seeking asylum or trying to not raise any attention to himself, he took it upon himself, given the opportunity he had, to attack as many nuns as he could, like brutal attacks. And it resulted in a bunch of deaths of these nuns. It's so fascinating how there's no history of there ever being a monastery, but there's so many stories regarding it, which makes me think that a lot of these are more urban legend, which I'd prefer, I'd hope. Yeah, me too. Curious when it started too, because if it started around the same time, like orally, if the story started around the same time that this retreat was built, this like meeting house that looks like a monastery, that would make sense. The people would you know, tell their kids a spooky tale yeah. or whatever, and then it would just evolve throughout the decades. And then it brings up like the bigger question of like, can you create a haunting? Like, mm-hmm. yes, this place mm-hmm. probably has just historically like land, a lot of things happen on it. We don't necessarily know what happened here, but like, can you share enough stories, enough legends? Can they be passed around enough that they almost become true, that they're not really true, true in the sense of like, okay, yeah, that happened, but that the energy there that everyone has put upon it manifests and builds the haunting. That's interesting because partially the answer is yes, because we know that Greg and Dana Newkirk, (laughs) they had a painting of Greg commissioned. And then at their live shows, people were helping to contribute to haunting this painting. And so they were creating a haunted object from other people's energy. But is that just a compilation of different energies and you don't know actually what's going to happen? It's different than saying there have never been nuns here and suddenly we're just going to summon a bunch of people in habits that like wander the road here in spectral form, like to create an actual character instead of a feeling. I mean, the power of the human mind, there's so much that we don't understand. Yeah that I believe we could create a haunting. Like if enough people all started thinking that there was a ghost cat in my house and we all started talking about the ghost cat and came up with these legends of ghost cat in my place, I fully believe I would start to see the ghost cat. Well, here's a question. Did we not already do that with Sven? That's true. Okay, proof. We have no idea if Sven already existed before we assigned a ghost to this podcast. There we go. Proof. Proof. (laughs) Where does the phrase proof is in the pudding come from? That's an interesting question. I'll look it up as you continue to share stories about yeah, haunting on Delphi Road. Also, a really quick anecdote. We went to Brian's for Christmas and mm-hmm. his mom is Danish. And so they do Danish Christmas and have different Danish traditions. And one of the traditions is you eat pudding until someone finds the nut hidden in the pudding. I didn't find the nut. I was sad, but it was very exciting to play. Wait, that's fun. How I feel like I'd be scared to eat the nut. Why? Like if you're eating pudding? It's just an almond. It's like hidden. No, but in what the... if what if you swallow it? I guess you wouldn't. I don't know. You can. You can eat it. <laughs> it's a small enough nut. But I mean like without like being able to like accidentally, without knowing that you found it. People, well, at least here, we were all you're looking for it. So like you're yeah, feeling yeah. around in your mouth because you want to win the prize. Because there's a prize. Okay, it comes from an older expression that is a bit clearer. It used to be the proof of the pudding is in the eating, meaning that things must be judged by trying them yourself or seeing them in action rather than 
on other factors. But now it's just evolved into the proof is in the pudding. I like it. I like all those silly little idioms and sayings. I like the origins. Yeah. All right. So now there's another legend (laughs) surrounding nuns. And this is probably the most popular legend that people tell. And it goes back to the 19th century. It is said that there truly was a convent here and that in this convent, there were a large number of nuns who were here, but then there was a small group of nuns that deviated from the beliefs and the norms associated with being a nun in that convent. And so this group of nuns, they would sneak out in the middle of the night and they would wander through the woods and down Dudley Road to this abandoned building and they would go into the abandoned building and they would meet and they would worship. So you're like, okay, well, why is it so bad that there are these devout women who are all gathering and they have to gather in the secrecy just to worship and basically have like a study group together? It is because they were not worshiping God. They were worshiping Satan. I knew this was going to like some Satan witchcraft thing and I love it. Of course, of course. They needed a place to do all their rituals, to have their black mass. Of course. And what better place than an abandoned building in the darkness on a desolate dirt road. Dudley Road. They apparently gathered undiscovered for a very long time. Not a very long time. But they had significant amount of meetings. But then people caught wind. Like the locals were like, did you know that there's a group of people using that house? Like I've seen Mm. lights and stuff inside the house. I've seen like torches and lanterns and movement inside of the house and it's supposed to be abandoned. And so then everyone starts whispering in the town and then the rumor starts that like, oh, it's the nuns who are going in there. So of course the curiosity is peaked, right? Because everyone's like, why the hell are the nuns gathering in an abandoned building in the middle of the night? So they do some spying and that's when the nuns are figured out. They're revealed for being Satanists, Satan worshipers, And so the locals obviously are pissed and scared and don't like them. And so they basically gathered all the nuns, this group of nuns together to confront them about it. And in their conversation and their decision making, these locals decide, well, basically the same fate that the witches had, the nuns will now have because they are Satan's nuns now. They don't belong to our world or to God. It feels very... Salem witch trials. Very. But it's like 200 years in the future. Yeah. Because this is the late, well, it didn't say late 19th century. It just said 19th century. So maybe it was only like 100 years later. Who knows? Anyway, the nuns catch wind or like deduce what's about to happen to them. And so they get together and they're running out of the convent, across the street, through a field, basically trying to escape. And they're captured. And right there in the field is this large tree. And they're all one by one hanged and executed. It is so fascinating to me because it's like, I would love to be able, and there are people like this is their job, where they take a story and a legend and they truly are able to trace back through documents, through talking to people, the origin of it and like what inspired it and what was influencing that story at that time. 
And yeah, I'm just curious. Was it like, oh, a group of women hanging out must be witchcraft or what is it? I have no idea. And that's a really good question. And Kathy Meager, she is the Bill Ricca Public Library's local history specialist. And I don't know if she's done any work to try to figure out how this started in the actual like oral history of it. But she does a lot of work to debunk these theories and clear the air. So I don't know if it's like a fact-finding mission or if it's simply just being like, that's hocus pocus, stop trespassing on people's land. Hmm. There was never a convent here. Right. I'm not sure. I feel like that should be a rule. You have to also discover how it started, not just why it's not true. Well, I do like knowing it's not true because it gives me relief because there's already so many horrific things that happen to people in the Mm -hmm. world that like one less true thing is great. (laughs) (laughs) The way you said true thing so quickly, it sounded like one less true thing. True thing. Yeah, a true thing. Okay, so these women, they were killed, but it didn't stop them from haunting and worshiping who they wanted to because they are still seen gathered in this field below the tree, wandering around, walking up and down the road. They're still very much there. And apparently the building where these sisters gathered still exists. It's still abandoned and it is sinking into the ground. And the only thing that's visible now from the house is the second story and up. And so people joke that the house is being summoned just like all the nuns, just like that group of sisters into the depths of hell. Wow. Love that. Yeah. Although I will say I did walk on Google Earth and I turned and I looked at every single building and I didn't see it. So I don't know where it is. Maybe someone in Bill Ricca will know. It's in another realm. In another realm. Maybe there is time travel. And it's like you see it when you see it, when there's a glitch, when there's a portal. But otherwise you don't. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible that all of this happened. Like what if it's like partially the Mandela effect? Like it did happen in another timeline and it's kind of bleeding into ours. Yeah. Let me try to find, give credit where credit's due. There is a woman on TikTok. Her name is Nicole, but her screen name is Dime Lifting. And she has been on a hunt to figure out basically the Mandela effect and disprove to the company saying, we never had a cornucopia in our Fruit of the Loom logo. The guy on Monopoly never had a monocle. And she's basically doing all of the digging and research to figure out how we ever thought that. And she proved both the Monopoly man did have a monocle. It was on the $2 bill of the 1996 version of the board game. She found it. But that's one version. Like the fact that everyone remembers that, like that is okay. At least it exists. It does exist. And then also maybe, maybe if we think about it, the people that are talking about the Mandela effect the most are probably the people that have used the internet for the longest, which would be millennials who played the board game in 1996. Sure. You know, like that was, we all had Monopoly when we were little. She did find the Fruit of the Loom cornucopia. Someone had sent her, was going through like their old clothes and found t-shirts with the cornucopia on the label. And she messages all the different companies and she's like, explain this. (laughs) Like, why are you trying to gaslight us? This did exist. Okay. But it's hard because that one, like at least the $2 bill one, I feel like can be proven yeah. time and time again. Whereas one person sending her shirts with it, it's like they could have made it, you know? True. 
I know it's hard, but I appreciate her trying. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Also from this abandoned building, people have reported really odd and foul odors, but they didn't describe the odors. So I'm like, is it sulfuric odor, Mm. you know, like uh, associated with a demon in hell? Because I would assume that it's not just the smell of manure and farms, given that people who are passing through here, I think, are used to that. And there's a bunch on the road. Who knows? But people also report strange sounds emanating from the building, which is apparently still abandoned. And there's also no clear directions or address online. So if you're from the area and you know where the trees are, where the building is, just for the curiosity of me on Google Earth and me who lives in Massachusetts and could probably just drive down the road in passing, let me know where they are. Is our listener Jess from that area? Good question. I don't know. Should we, next time I'm out there, hit up Jess and be like, hey, let's meet at Dudley Road. Show us the spots. (laughs) We're coming to Bill Rick. We're coming in. (laughs) Like I was saying before, there is the historian Kathy who is working to debunk a lot of these theories. And it seems online from what I could read, because obviously I haven't been there and actually spoken to the people that live there. But it does. Well, I guess, but my contractor, I did talk to him. He was a local. It does feel like there's a big divide between people who believe in the legend and the lore and people who are like, that is total bullshit. Mm. It's completely made up. However, the legend has existed for a really long time. Like people, and by a really long time, I mean, there are adults who remember their parents telling them this legend many decades ago. So whether it's 50 years old or 200 years old, I don't know, but- It is interesting because it's like we have Kathy here who's saying there's never been a convent here. There's no history of anyone dying on this road in the ways that were described. There was no prisoner who escaped and had committed mass murder on this road. You know, like there's no records of any of that existing. And yet there are so many people who have stories from this road. So it's kind of like what you were saying, Sabrina, like did we humans in our brains conjure this activity ourselves. Or how else do you explain it? Is it like a Mandela effect thing or a time glitch or something like? Yeah. Right. Like maybe it is just another timeline where all of this stuff is happening. Yeah. And our version of the timeline. Okay. Now I'm thinking of everything everywhere all at once where it's like, here's your little timeline. There's a convent and everything goes well in the convent. Life is good. And then it starts to like go further out and further out in the convent. Then there's a murder. And then the convent, there's a killer. Someone dies by suicide and like all those things. And as the web continues, the convent isn't a convent anymore. It's now just another religious retreat. Like I feel like we're just so far away. We're like deep into the web. Yeah. But we get glimpses of the other timelines. Yeah. I don't know. What is life? Wait, there's a movie called Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage in it. And he basically is this like kind of average Joe nobody who is a tenured professor and like truly like not much going on in his life. And all of a sudden he starts showing Mm -hmm. up in everyone's dreams. I saw a clip of this. I think I saw like the preview or something. You probably have. It's super fascinating. And it's just like a weird like phenomena that happens. And I would love for you to watch it so I could talk about it because I don't want to ruin anything about it. But yeah, it kind of reminds me of this a little bit. Okay. I got to remember this one too. My grandma actually was just saying, she was like, where do all the people from our dreams come from? She's like, I swear I don't see these people. I've never seen these people before. I've heard a thing where it's like you can't create someone new. Like your subconscious is like 
sorting through people mm. you've passed on the street. So maybe that's true. But like, there are some people where I'm like, they're so prominent in my dream and they're so clear to me that I'm like, if I saw this person on the street, I would have to stop and be like, I know you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Me neither. <laughs> Our brains are weird. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Billie Eilish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's other odd things that happen on this road. So the legends are basically, I've gone through all of them and all of the apparitions people see, but there's still some odd things. Like people see strange anomalies in the field, like lights going and moving above the field, which I'm like aliens. People will hear sudden screams just emanating from the woods or down the road. That's terrifying. Also driving down the road. I think the majority of this stuff happens at night, but people will see someone like a full body apparition. It looks like a person just kind of darting or walking across the road right in front of their car, which is very scary. That reminds me of the nun who sadly died getting hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if this person is in a habit or if they're identified as looking like a woman or if they're just like these weird shadowy looks like a person in a second sort yeah. of sightings. But that part freaked me out because it did remind me of in high school. I had a friend, Maya, who I've told you this before, who she was in the car with her boyfriend and they were driving down one of the rural roads. I think it was like in Charlotte, Vermont or something. And a woman walked out in the middle of the road in front of them. And it was so quick and so sudden. My listener story is like this. They hit her, but there was no one there. She went through the car. So terrifying. <sighs> oh, so creepy. Hate that. Anywho, Dudley Road in Billerica, Massachusetts is most certainly haunted. How it's haunted, we don't know, but it is discouraged for people to go wander down there because it's a residential street. There's some businesses there in terms of the farms operating, and they've had a big issue with mm. vandals and trespassing, and there's been a substantial amount of money actually spent to try to restore some of the damages that were oh. created by people, especially around Halloween time, that go to try to ghost hunt or get a good scare. So enjoy the story, enjoy the legends, but unless you have real purpose to go or you're simply just driving down the road, don't get out of your car and start trespassing on people's property looking for ghosts. I think that's a rule to follow generally. Don't trespass yes. to find ghosts. All you have to do is listen to our podcast and the ghosts will find you. <laughs> They will. <laughs> Rembod, this was your moment. <laughs> Hello? Quiet. Hello? Crickets. Quiet. I have throughout this episode experienced a lot of like waves of chill, but it's interesting because that has not mm. gone off. So the temperature in the room hasn't changed, which then is like interesting to me. Like why, why does our body do that? Bad circulation. <laughs> Whoops just getting used to the temperature in the room like i'm now freezing i was so hot in the beginning yeah our heart rate slows lack of movement hibernation yes our muscles are uh, atrophying just like little reptilians this makes me want to read the book that i had downloaded on audible years ago and still haven't listened which is stiff it's all about what happens to your body when you die oh oh i want to read this too Going through rigor mortis, all the different things and decomposition and sounds interesting. That is interesting to me. I mean, anything about the human body and like what happens to us when we die, I think is fascinating. I would love to do a science experiment where someone who's dying, I think I've talked about this with you before, where it's like a 
sealed chamber, but it's like someone's about to die. So like, we're not killing anyone. They take their last breath. They die in this chamber. I want to understand scientifically what that energy does and study it. Oh, where the energy goes, if we can trap the energy inside of the container. Yeah. I don't know what type of equipment. I'm clearly not a scientist. So my words are going to be wrong, but I'm thinking of like a very heavy duty chamber. I have two ghost stories from our listeners. Great. (laughs) Wait, what's your new background? I mean, your phone case. My phone case says never better. It's a little skeleton. (laughs) Never better. (laughs) Okay, the first one I'll read is from our listener, Savannah. They're both shorter. This one is terrifying. The next one is a little bit nicer. Okay. This is called Haunted Road in Washington. Demonic? Question mark. Oh. Hi, ladies. I was driving home on a short little back road that connected a main road to a neighborhood. There are a few houses along it and no street lights. It was just after midnight. The road is about a quarter mile long and runs straight from when you turn onto it to when you turn into the neighborhood. I was midway down the road when I saw a person getting ready to cross in front of my car. So I stopped. And as the person crossed in front of me, I could see that they looked like a normal 20 to 30 something year old woman except for her eyes. Her eyes reflected the light of my headlights in the way that a nocturnal animal's would, shining yellow, a white light. Oh, God. And she stared at me the entire time she walked so slowly across the street. No, this is so scary. Even though you're in a car, it's still terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. At the time, my headlights weren't super bright, and there's also the fact that human eyes don't reflect light that same way. I didn't look to where she went when she got to the sidewalk on the other side. I pressed on the gas, and I was like, I need to get home and away from there as fast as I can because I had the worst sense of dread and panic. Another time that we were on that same road, my boyfriend and I both heard a disembodied voice. We had a familiar CD playing softly, and it was the middle of a bright, sunny day, and it sounded like it came from between the two of us in the car. It was unintelligible, but it was very deep and distorted and sounded like a demon from a horror movie. That's so weird. We both heard it. Neither of us could find an explanation. None of the windows are down, and the street was empty. I still use the road on occasion because it's a good shortcut, but I can't not think about this stuff when I do. Thanks for reading. Hope it was spooky enough. Of course it was. Savannah. Wait, this just triggered a memory from like four days ago where in my parents' house, it sounded like Siri's voice, but none of us had our phones where like the audio was coming from. My dad was talking and telling a story and the seat, like two seats next to him by the island, we just heard like a loud audible, right. That's weird. Or, Or it was something like that. It was like true. It was like an agree, an agreement. To what he was saying. And all of us stopped. And I was like, dad, your phone. Siri's on. He's like, no, it's not. And I was like, take your phone out of your pocket. And his phone was locked. Like everybody's phones were either out of the room. Siri wasn't turned on. Like nothing. And so I just got freaked out. And I was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. (laughs) Someone got really excited about whatever you guys were talking about. was like, yes. Better than what happened here where it's like this deep, creepy, 
demon in between the seats. Terrifying. That road yeah. just seems creepy. Oh, oh, yes. I want to know where it is. I should follow up. Me now. too. I was just thinking that. <laughs> Both of these emails, by the way, are from 2019. Okay, so this other story is from our listener, Jess, and it's called A Haunted Road slash I Must Have a Guardian Angel. I love you girls and this podcast so much. I've been back and forth about sending the story in, but I just listened to episode 41, Satan's Sedan, and figured that was a sign. So here we go. Almost two years ago, I got my post-grad big girl job. It was very exciting, but it also came with a 50-plus mile commute each way. Mm. I have to take a bunch of back roads to get there, and about a year and a half ago, I was driving to my 6 a.m. shift, running late. I was speeding on back roads when I ran over a literal puddle, hydroplaned, veered off into a small hill on the side of the road, and flipped my car two to three times. Oh my gosh. My car landed on its roof and I was hanging upside down by my seatbelt. My first thought was, oh my gosh, I need to find my phone and call work and then tell my mom. The fact that her first thought. (laughs) The horrors of what an accident like that or just like almost going into shock will do. You're like, let me call my boss. And it's like, you're upside down in your car. (laughs) Yeah. Call 911. I usually drive with my phone on my passenger seat. So I figured it was probably long gone, but then I look around and I see it had landed right in front of my face. The passenger's window shattered and there was just enough room for me to fit. So I crawled out of the car, called work and my mom, the neighbors called the cops, et cetera, et cetera. The fire department got there before my cops did and they started cleaning up the debris. Because I have such a long commute, my car could get pretty messy. The first thing the firefighter gave to me was a journal that my sister got for me. And on the journal, it said, it's going to be okay. Like on the front of the cover. Oh. I eventually went to the hospital and didn't sustain any injuries to everyone's surprise. A few days later, my mom and I went to go clean out the car and saw that it was now upright. We could now see all of the damage. The passenger side was totally crushed in, but the driver's side looked untouched. If the car had landed any other way, I could have easily broken my neck or something. I just think I must have a guardian angel looking out for me. I mean, the journal, the phone, and the way the car was damaged, could they all just be coincidences? I have a theory that it could have been one of my paternal grandparents because my grandmother never drove. She was terrified of it. My grandfather died when he had a heart attack while driving, which caused him to crash into the wall. So maybe it was him protecting me. Yeah. A month later, I was driving to work in my new car, well under the speed limit, don't worry. And I saw a car driving the other way, hydroplaned, clipped my car. We both spun out and I hit the car behind me. All three cars were totaled. All of my curtain airbags went off on impact and one burned and imprinted soot into my leg. When I called my mom after, I asked someone nearby what road we were on. It was the same road as my previous accident. I now refuse to drive that road. Stop. I hate this because this feels kind of like it's a cursed road too. Like you have, this is the exact spot that like all good and all evil can happen to you. Yeah. And similar incident, like someone else hydroplaned from water. Yeah. Jess said, I now have added 10 minutes to my commute to avoid that road altogether. I'd rather that than total another car on that road or worse. Thanks for reading. Mm -hmm. Stay spooky and keep up the great work. Jess. Wow. I'm glad that Jess is associating the road as being the problem and is not 
letting the anxiety prevent them from just fully driving, you know, because I feel yeah. like that's quite possible too. A second almost deadly car accident. Two cars totaled on that road. Yeah, definitely don't ever drive down that road again. No, I would never. Never. It does seem like it's a really long road because she, in like a side note, said that like the road was in a different county. So like it stretches counties that like it has a different mm. name. So she was in different counties for both of her accidents, but it's the exact same road. Oh, wow. So not even in the same spot. It's just the same road. Which means it's a long road. Like, Yeah, that's very scary. It's also like, is this road neglected? Like, Should these counties be pumping more money into better drainage and stuff? I don't know. I like that you have the practical thoughts there. And I'm like, well, no one should ever drive that road again. It should be closed off completely. Oh, wait, Sabrina, I have something very important to tell you. What? And this is something I also learned on the internet. But it affects you because you hate spiders. Oh, I, was I like, also What do. are you going to tell me that's going to terrify me to dri- never drive again? What? No, no, no. It's not about driving. Okay. So you use the Sol de Janeiro spray, the yellow bottle, right? Sometimes. Okay. Apparently, they have a new scent and it's like a light blue container and people are returning them because there's something in it, some ingredient that has been acting like pheromones to spiders and people who are wearing it are being stalked by spiders, chased by spiders. People are freaking out. (laughs) So I wanted to warn you just in case you were like, oh, let me get this little tester of this other scent I haven't tried. Don't. No, that's horrifying. Yes. Many things to fear in the world besides ghosts. So many things. Wow. Okay. Well, everyone, we hope spiders are not stalking you and we hope you're staying safe on all the roads that you're driving. And if you have any ghost stories, please email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And remember to join us on Patreon if you want all episodes one week early and ad-free and a ton of extra bonus content. Uh, We love you. Yes. We love our editor, Jamie, very much. And we love ghosts. Thank you, ghosts. Please haunt us only in good ways. And that applies to our listeners (laughs) as well. But until next time, we will see you you on the other side. side.